The most valuable thing in my wallet isn't cash or a credit card or even my health insurance documentation. The real treasure is my library card and everything it unlocks. Our local head librarian, Lola Shelton Council, joins today's commute to offer an update on all that's happening with the Live Oak Public Libraries. Good day, Savannah, from all of us here at savannahnow.com. This is the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. I am your host, Adam Van Brimmer, opinion columnist and a deputy editor at the Savannah Morning News. On today's episode, we check in with Lola Shelton Council, Interim Executive Director of the Live Oak Public Libraries. That talk comes up right after I do the National Office Systems read. When it comes to office design and outfitting, National Office Systems has been Savannah's trusted source since the 1980s. They offer more than 200 product lines, including a new collaboration from two of the office furniture industry's leaders, Herman Miller and Knoll, also known as Miller Knoll. Go figure. If your office space needs a refresh, National Office Systems can help. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Now, here's the interview with Lola Shelton Council. Joined on the commute today by Lola Shelton Council, who is the interim director of the Live Oak Public Libraries. And that is, of course, here in Savannah, but also in Effingham and Liberty Counties. And she's in here to talk to us today a little bit about library card sign-up month. September is the month to get your library card. And of course, the had uh, a neighbor of mine once said, you know, the the one thing that he really valued out of his taxes, in his mind, the only thing that you really get a value out of your taxes is a library. I don't know if I agree with him on that, <laughs> but I do agree that it is a very valuable thing that comes out of the out of your taxes. And of course, to borrow from the library, you need to have a library card. So, Lola, tell us a little bit about library card sign up month, how it works, and uh, if folks want to do it, how do they do it? Okay. So to get a library card, actually any time, not just during September, but it's very easy. You just need a, a photo ID, so uh, a driver's license is just fine. You go into your library, you give that to the person at the desk, fill out uh, some paperwork, takes about two minutes, and then you have a library card. The library card gives you access not only to the materials in our 16 locations throughout Chatham, Effingham, and Liberty Counties, but also to our 300 partner libraries throughout the state of Georgia. And there's also an online component to, to Live Oak, and that involves a library card as well? Yeah, absolutely. So if someone decides that, you know, I want to have access to the library, but I can't quite get there now, they can also uh, go to our website and get a digital card. And that means that they have access to all of our digital resources. So they can uh, download an ebook. They can have access to magazines. They can stream movies. There's an app now, right? <laughs> and when the time comes and they want a physical card so they can uh, check out print material, they can do that as well. I should have asked you this before we hit the microphone because the answer may be no, but we are in voting season. And I know that there are some places where you can register to vote when you get a library card. Can you do that with Live Oak? So we don't actually register you to mm-hmm. vote, but we do give you the paperwork to get the okay. process started. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, if you're not registered to vote and you are going to get the library card, go ahead and request that as well. Absolutely. Uh, I think the voter registration deadline is October the 11th. So you got about a month to get that going for the November election. Uh, 
some people are going to come in or maybe are hesitant to come in because they have fines. You know, I always take my credit card when I go in a library because I inevitably have run over. But with this whole, it, it, maybe it's part of this deal, maybe it's not, but there's a way around that right now, right? That's right. So in conjunction with Library Card Sign Up Month, we are doing a Food for Fines program until September 30th. And so in lieu of uh, giving us money, we're going to accept non-perishable food items. So if you owe fines, you can bring in a non-perishable food item up to 15 to uh clear out your account and that will give you access again to be able to use the library and check out materials. Where does the collected canned goods go? Yes. So we have partnered with uh, a few organizations in our service area. So in Chatham County, Blessings in a Book Bag and Loop It Up will receive uh, those uh, items. In Effingham, it's the Filling Station Food Pantry. And in Liberty County, it's the Manor House. Who came up with that? Is this the first time we've done that or is this something we're resurrecting? So public libraries do this across the country. Uh, it's the first time that Live Oak Public Libraries has done it, but it's it's something that libraries do across the country. And so we're hoping that we can, um, that it'll be successful and that we can do it again, possibly during um, library week and maybe do something different like um, instead of just regular food items, maybe um, do donated items for pets. Right. That's something that we were discussing. Okay. So I'm assuming then that library fines are not part of, not built into your budget, that, that doing it this way is not going to have any kind of operational. Library fines are, are built into our budget. It mm -hmm. is something that we did have to go through our board to get approval to do. Okay. Um, but um, it is not the sustaining part of, of our budget. So, okay. And there are libraries uh, around the country and, and a few in Georgia that have um, gotten rid of fines okay. and gone fine free. And so that's something possibly down the, road. down the road we can think of. But because we are part of a collaborative through our pine right. system, right. that's something that all of the libraries in our system would have to agree to. Okay. Well, don't worry, because when this is over, I'm still going to be racking up the fines. <laughs> still be collecting for me, so that's a good thing. Um, I've noticed that in, in a, actually in attempting to the library lately that that it was closed, and I know that there are some improvements going on. Um, some of them are wrapping up. You've got stuff that is coming online. Can you kind of walk us through what's going, uh, what maintenance-wise, renovation-wise, what's going on in the system right now? So you're probably talking about Bull Street. So the Bull Street Library recently underwent some renovations for paint and carpet. So that has been completed except for our, our third floor, which still had some supplies. You know, as you know, that still seems to be an, an issue through the country. Um, the supply chains right. kind of not working. Everything's half done. <laughs> so, um, but fortunately that doesn't have an impact on, on the services that, that is not impacting how we can um, serve our, 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 our community. Mm -hmm. But um, so that is done. Bull Street looks amazing. Uh, some other projects we have coming up are some renovations to the bathrooms at our Port City and Forest City locations. But our next big project this fall will be uh, roof the roof project at our Carnegie location, which is which is long overdue. Right, right. And of course, that's a historic building and it's in, in a 
treasure for, for lack of a better Absolutely. word. So we're, we're, we're really excited about that. That's one of a few things that um, we're trying to do for that location because it's still, um, it still has some flooding issues there. And so we're going to try to get those addressed as well. But the biggest issue right now is that roof. And so we're going to get that taken care of. I know that, that COVID-19 is, is still ongoing. Um, but at the same time, we've returned as pretty close to normal as, as, as you can. Where are the libraries in terms of, of being fully operational and uh, just in, in relation to COVID? Yes. So as of March 1st, we went back to uh, in-house programming. And this past summer was our, our first uh, in-person, full-on summer reading program, which we were thrilled to be able to do that, I think staff was just ex as excited as the public was and um it was successful we had uh where are my numbers hmm. we had uh over three thousand people um participate in in our summer reading program which was kind of higher than what it was pre-covid so that's an indication of how much people missed um participating so we are pretty much fully open we don't have any restrictions as far as in-house programming or our capacity in our buildings. We are still offering some programs in a hybrid uh, format just because we know that people have asked for that. Right. But it's not as a precaution. It's just because people have asked. Isn't that interesting, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, I think that in a lot of ways, COVID accelerated kind of the move to be more remote, to be more digital. Mm -hmm how as you guys were coming out of COVID and started to think about reopening you just mentioned you did some hybrid programs is there any other kind of lessons or hard realities that that have kind of been forced upon you I know before you uh, got elevated to interim executive director you were in charge of library experience what were some of those things that well, made you learn? Well I think this food for fines and this conversation that we were just having about the whole um find free discussion mm -hmm. basically across the country because when we were in the midst of the pandemic, mm -hmm. all public libraries pretty much removed, you know, fines and fees because we didn't want that to be an obstacle. Coming in either. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then once we started coming out of COVID, it was it was thought, well then if we did that then, why can't we just keep doing it? And so, you know, libraries that don't have the uh, collaborative mm -hmm. um, restraints that we have just made the decision and just did it. Right. You know, but others have to go through a process yeah. in order to get that. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah you are in a network for sure. Yeah. Pardon the interruption, but it's time for another read. This time to encourage you to sign up for Savannah Now's Prep Central newsletter. We are several weeks into high school football season, and to keep up with the latest news and notes, you need to be on the email list for sports writer Dennis Knight's weekly high school sports newsletter. He covers more than football in that newsletter. He also hits volleyball, softball, cross country, all the prep sports. So to get your fix, go to savannahnow.com newsletters and sign up. The newsletter will go directly to your email inbox, and you don't have to subscribe to the Savannah Morning News or Savannah Now to get the newsletters. So there's no excuses, although we'd love for you to subscribe. Maybe you see the newsletter, go ahead and get a digital subscription. Just a little not-so-subliminal messaging there on my part. Anyway, now back to the Live Oak Public Library discussion with Interim Executive Director Lola Shelton-Council. 
the digital move was on before before COVID. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've mm-hmm. you've worked in the industry for a long time and seen this evolution. Mm-hmm. What's what's next? I think what's next. We have already begun to develop some maker spaces. Okay, in interesting. Our, yeah. In some of our locations, uh, Bull Street uh, is one. Uh, Southwest Chatham is one, and our uh, location in Liberty uh, County Midway, mm-hmm. uh, Riceboro location has one. So I think those kind of spaces where um, people can come in and kind of just create what they need to create um, with a little help from Mm -hmm. staff, but not necessarily staff driven. I I think um, those types of spaces are are the next thing. And um, we've been visiting some other libraries not too far away, Charleston Public Mm -hmm. um, is is one that comes to mind Mm -hmm. that kind of is doing that already. And so we're benchmarking libraries that look like us mm-hmm. and how we can make that look like what it needs to look like for our community. So right, right. Thinking things like that. Yeah. So things that are intergenerational. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not specifically for just one uh, audience. Mm-hmm. Um, we like the idea of anyone in the community being able to come into the library and see themselves and use anything in the library and so those kind of spaces i think speak speak to that yeah and it's kind of interesting you go you look at a library and you see you know decades and decades worth of evolution but the resources are still there right mm-hmm. so when we were kids mm-hmm. library is where you went to get books mm-hmm. you read books maybe mm-hmm. you had story time mm-hmm. then as we got a little bit older you started to see the desktops and the computer mm-hmm. use being introduced and that becoming a key community resource mm-hmm. now you have the library not only physically but mm-hmm. online we mentioned this the the live stream app it's mm-hmm. just like you have disney plus you can have the and i don't remember the name of the live oak live stream yeah. So we have, um, <laughs> yes, I was actually listening to you and not listening to responses. Well, I can't remember what I was going to say. It's all right. Um, I think my wife, she'll get movies through the library on the TV at home, mm-hmm. on, a, on a certain mm-hmm. app. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, and, and now the, the introduce of the makerspace, it just makes you wonder, okay, so what else is, what else is next? And it's, it's really a credit to the libraries that, that they have evolved yeah. along with society. I was going to say, I think that the notion that libraries are just about books is something that we're really trying to educate people is not true. And it it actually really hasn't ever been true. Mm. Libraries really have always been about access to information and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be it was books. But you know, as those, you know, formats changed, libraries just adapted. So now it's books and it's, you know, um, computers and you Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to use the internet and you have to learn how to uh, navigate uh, different types of um, laptops and Chromebooks and you have to learn STEM projects and you have to learn how to do Google and Zoom and, you know, now just to sign up for services, even if you're not coming to search for a job, even if you're trying to um, remove services that you have, you have to be able to navigate a website. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
um, library staff have had to learn how to pivot and embrace all of those um, technology skills, even if that wasn't initially, like maybe 20 years ago, part of the requirements of the job. I miss the old card catalog. <laughs> well, we're using those to uh, house our uh, our seeds for our seed library. Uh, well, That's good, good reuse. <laughs> So the last thing I want to touch base with you about, of course, is as I mentioned, you're interim executive director, mm-hmm. and there there has been a search that was launched at the start of this year with the retirement of David Singleton. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is kind of the update on that? When can we expect to see uh, either the interim tag removed or somebody else in the in the executive director spot? So the uh, the interviews begin next week, mm-hmm. and uh, the board's plan is to have someone either named or replaced by November. Mm-hmm. And you are an applicant. I, I have I have put my name in. Okay. Okay. Um, you've been the interim director now for several months. What are what are some of the biggest challenges? What are what are, what are we what are we looking at with this system? And maybe the maybe it's not just the system, maybe it's libraries in general. What are some of the bigger challenges? It would be just libraries overall. You know, you want to make sure that like I was saying, you know, people understand what libraries are, are really about. Um, and it, it really is a tool for the community. So making sure that you're getting that that message out, um, that's all that's always a, a, a challenge. Um, that you're fighting against the stereotypes. Um, but um, for me, because I'm new to the area, uh, new to like you know, it's actually been an exciting time because because I'm an information professional I've taken this opportunity to like learn a lot and ask a lot of questions so I've been able to um, meet a lot of people in the community you know ask a lot of questions and so that's helped me um, not only get to know the people that we're serving in the community, but also kind of like identify needs. So for example, one of the things that our former executive director wanted to do, they wanted, he wanted to bring on a um, social service person to work in the library mm-hmm. with some of our populations. <clears throat> and since I've been working with some of our community partners, really discovered that there really is a need for that because there are lots of resources in the community, but I don't think people are really getting connected to them. Right. And when people come into the library, we have a list of all the resources, but we're just kind of like giving them the list. Right. So if we have somebody on staff who has that um, background and that subject matter expertise to actually help them connect them to those resources, which library people don't have, yeah. that's the perfect person. So they're, uh, it's the perfect combination of coming into the library, getting the information, but also getting connected right there. So you don't have to run around town and tell your story three or four yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, that's, that's very smart. So, and of course, the library has a, has a great staff. I, when my kids were young, we were frequently there and especially the children's programs Bull Street, really Bull good. Uh, Bull Street and uh, at that point Tybee as well okay so, yeah so some really good staff uh, all over the county 
We're all jealous of the tiny branch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have their own little thing going on. Just there, a nice sure. view to feed by the yes, beach. Across the street from the yes, beach. It's good yes. Thing. It's good thing. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, National Library it's Card Sign Up Month, month is mm-hmm. it goes on through all of September. Yes, sir. So yes, come sir. in and get your library card. If you've mm-hmm. got fines, bring in some canned goods. That's right. And uh, start. I know everybody is already re-engaging with your library, but if you if you haven't yet, as you come back from COVID, now's the time to do it. And Lola, thank you so much for coming in and, and telling us a little bit about what's going on with the library. And we wish you all the best in the library, all the best going forward. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's all for this edition of the Commute Podcast. Thanks one last time to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. Before I sign off, remember that we publish new Commute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Whatever your interests, you will find interviews of interest in our archives. Search The Commute with that Savannah Opinion on your favorite podcast app. The Commute returns on Thursday. We look forward to talking to you then. (music) 